what we're able to do, what we're good at, what we're gifted at, it always wants to remind us that maybe here there you also have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. And if you think about those things, those are character things. Because I think what the Bible is saying is if you have all kinds of gifts, but you don't have character, you're dangerous. If God gives you an incredible amount of power to touch lives and make a difference in lives, but you are rotten on the inside, that's a dangerous thing. And so this gift and truth thing, both from the Holy Spirit, they kind of got to go hand in glove. They've got to hang together. And so as we look at heading into a couple of weeks, we do our series of truth and gifts. It's all important that we pause this time and make sure we look at relationships, look at character, and look at what does it mean to do people who love and So I'd love it if you would memorize this whole passage, but here's a really simple way to do it that I do. Just memorize the first four words. Love must be sincere. Whatever else you hear in this passage, whatever else you think about in this passage, hang on to that thought, consider it to be a friend. Love must be sincere. I mean, love has to come from the very depth and core of who you are. Because he's Next words, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Anyone who grew up in any kind of moral circumstance, you go, yeah, good, of course. Right? We all know, evil is bad, good is good. Don't like the evil, like the good. Easy to say. But I think it's actually pretty complicated to live out. There's two things I want to think about that help us understand how complicated being evil and loving good is. The first one is, as you think about hating evil and clinging to good, focus first on yourself. Because when I start thinking about evil, I think about that other person, the person I disagree with, the person on the other side of the argument, the person out there who's other than me, and then the good, of course, that's me on my side of the argument. Whenever I have dealt with people in conflict, it's my experience that we all simply do this. We make the other person the bad person, with yourself as a good person. The Bible is actually teaching us, he says, remember, as he passage, consider others about yourself. Which really also tells us then, consider yourself and what's messed up inside of you, what hates what's evil inside of you, be aware of that, be respectful about that, be honest about that, and love what is good and true. And as we think about those two things together like that, it's starting in ourselves. The second thing I want to say about hating evil and loving good is that those things are always a mess inside of every one of us and inside of every other person that we meet. It's not so simple just to know that this part of me is good and this part of me is bad because I know that the things that I'm actually really good at are also things where evil works and we do in a negative way. So, um, that was awkward, but there's something I can do that. But apparently, I know how to do public speaking because I'm doing it right now. I am very aware that what I do now, speaking publicly about the Word of God, is a huge healing redemption of what I have often done before in thinking, speaking to others, acting publicly in ways that are hurtful and painful. 
made aware a number of years ago that there were people who were terrified of me because of what they might say to them. And good and evil are around the same gifts and the same abilities. But what we need to hang on to, the reason this is right here, right after love must be sincere, love with all that you've got, is an awareness that that which is good in you might also have an opportunity to be evil in you and to be a constant journey of your sincere when we were saying my wife and go to the worship director, first read this verse and was thinking of worship for this, he said this. Yeah, that was a good thing to do, actually. That's how this passage works. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. I'm only in the first little piece, and I am going to go through it all. And I don't think you can do this for the rest of your life. Don't worry, I'll go through the rest of it. Right after love must be seen sincere, he was able to cling to what is good. He was right back to but be devoted to one another in love. Right? Honor one another above yourself. Make sure you pay attention to those relationships with others. And never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In other words, you can't coach your spiritual journey. Some of my favorite spiritual journey folks. People who are in recovery, people who are recovering habits. And these people know, and they teach you again and again, that you have to be on guard, on point, full energy, paying attention at all times. Because when you're an addict, it's easy to quit. And so when they become aware, when they become set free, when they experience the goodness of what Jesus has shown them, they also recognize. I have to keep up my spiritual energy. I have to keep up my focus. I've got to stay in the game. I've got to continue to be aware right, of what God is doing in my life. And then verse 12. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Sometimes I, I read this fact that this isn't just a really long checklist and they want us to check all these boxes. You see, that's not, that's not all what it really is all about. This one is actually a grouping. So be joyful in hope is this. If you understand what this word, the Bible, teaches, if you understand who Jesus is in this world, if you understand God, you need to be joyful and hope because you also know the end of the story, and the end of the story in really short form is God wins. Right? God's gospel. This world is in this world. So we can be joyful and hope because we anticipate that where this whole story of life is going is not stuck in COVID and then self-isolating and all those kinds of things, but it's the hopeful restoration of all things in Jesus Christ. We can be joyful because we have hope that we hang on to that thing. We need to hold that to an anchor. We're anchored to that different future that we're moving towards. And if we're joyful and hopeful, we can be patient in the system. There's so many verses, words to that sometimes in this piece of life. This is not the end of the story. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever we're facing, whatever we're sitting in, we can be patient in that because, again, we have that joyful hope. We know we're anchored into the new reality that God is bringing. And then the third, and that goes to faithful and fair. Prayer is within the five of two things together. I know in my head, I believe in my heart that God is going to conclude this thing in the way that He's going to conclude this thing. When I'm in affliction, I need to be talking with him. I need to be in that conversation going, God, I don't see the connection between this. Why do we have to be in COVID if you're making all things new? Why do we have to be struggling with, with our battles when you've already redeemed us? And prayer is that ongoing call to God. How do I take my joyful hope and use it in faithful and to affliction? And then 